Okay, so we're back for Constantly Varied, episode 26, and today we are joined by James Rankin. Say hello, James. Hello. And Elaine Matthews. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back. So before we dive in, so let's just do from the top what we're going to cover today. We're going to do a training check-in, as usual. We're going to talk about programming the week ahead. We're going to get into that. We've got a quick, like, BUA events, what's coming up, keep us all in the loop. And then we're also going to talk about the whole mentality of facing a challenge because we know we have things like Fran at 17.1 coming up. We're gonna cover those two workouts as well and talk about how we might get ourselves ready for it. We've got shout outs, we've got overrated, underrated, we've got recommendations, all of the usual stuff. So let's start with training check-in, James Rankin. <laughs> I'm wondering generally how's it going, but also like where's the motivation levels right now? Motivation is sky high at the minute, in fairness, which com in comparison to how training's actually going is a real surprise. <laughs> I did Monday's workout, which was the wall walks and then the burpees over box. And during the workout, I realized that between being sick the week before I went on holidays, going away for two weeks, being sick the week I came back and all of that, I got to yesterday or I got to Monday and I was like, oh, I've not done any conditioning in almost six weeks. All the training I've done has been lifting things in a very controlled manner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like cleans, overhead squats, bench press when I was on holidays, like that type of shit. Zero getting out of, like heavy out of breath. And the burpees kicked my ass on Monday. So I'm like, oh, I need to get, like, I'm going to get fit again. This is deadly. Like, it, this is the hardest thing for me to do is, like, get fit again. Like, the process of it's a real slog. I can get strong pretty quick. But I'm like, I like the feeling when I'm fit again. So I'm really motivated to get there. Nice. So motivation's high. Motivation's really high. Oh, sure. That's all you need. Then, isn't <laughs> it? That's the hard part, in fairness. It is. Yeah. Having the fire in the belly is the big thing. Right, Elaine, how are you getting on with your motivation? Very exact same, to be honest with you, because my motivation to train, to improve, to get better is sky high, but I was on holidays also. So pre-holidays, I did four weeks of five days, and, and I went on holidays feeling amazing, felt full of energy, felt like I had a lot of wins. Went on holidays, which was a hiking holiday, so I did keep moving throughout. But unfortunately, I've been sick since I came back, um, and yeah, just the actual struggling to breathe has been a problem uh so i did i missed a, a whole week of training there because i just physically couldn't breathe and speak even coaching uh was tough at times but i cannot wait to get back on it properly in the last week i did the i, I managed to get in for the burpee box jump workouts um and i had some gymnastics wins in the last week which uh, has really motivated me to keep going keep pushing it it's all coming together uh so i'm really excited i'm focused now to game day and the goal is again five days a week from here on in nice okay very good uh from my point of view my motivation is through the roof but for for work at the moment it's kind of interesting and it's a it's a, an interesting observation that it's very hard for me to hold high motivation for two things at once. I get quite tunnel vision that way. So I'm waking up, I'm like, I'm up at 5 a.m. and I'm starting to work right away. I'm working till late every night and I'm excited about the work I'm doing, getting loads of things done. So I'm like hitting with, with like hitting with everything I've got at the, at the moment. But what I do find is, first of all, I'm creating a lot of work for myself, a lot of like the diary's full in that right line it's very full um so uh that's that's a challenge first of all just not having the time 
Um, and then the other side of it is when I do have, okay, I've got an hour, there's a spot in the class. I find the gear shift over to get myself like into training mode and then also physically the body ready. It's not there. It's very difficult. I've, I've jumped into a couple of classes and I end up having to like completely scale back a workout or something because I've just not, haven't switched over enough. Um, I probably need a 30 minute transition period before I do a class at the moment to go and get the body and the head ready out of the work stuff. So it's, it's an interesting thing. So it's like I feel really energized about everything related to the gym, apart from the actual doing the training for the last couple of weeks, which has been tough, you know? That's the most ironic thing in the world, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah, it is, it is what happens. Um, but I did, like I've grabbed a few workouts, I've, I've done a class, I've, I've grabbed them. Um, like I went down the other, the other evening, I had 30 minutes because the class was full. I was like, I can't get into a class. I just grabbed the rower and a bike and just hit them hard. They, they nearly killed me. But it's like grabbing whatever I can, wherever, whenever I can at the moment um, to keep my head above water. So when I do find a bit of like, a bit of time again, I'll be able to seamlessly get back into it. Um, so let's look at the week ahead, the programming. In terms of your motivation, just on paper, not like on that day, can I make it? Yada, yada, yada. It's like, if you just looked at the workouts and said, what one gets you most fired up? Elaine, do you want to tell us which one? Saturday, which like how unlike me is it to pick a um, gymnastics based workout, <laughs> but I'm very excited. So Saturday is uh, three different EMOMs. Uh, so 10 minute EMOM part A is max unbroken pull-ups. And then minute B is 12 and nine cals on the row. There's two more after that. Then we have a max hollow hold, and then we have a max strict pull-ups in the same format with the rower. What excites me about this is that max element. When I have a limiting belief in my head that I can do X amount of pull-ups, and I can hold on to that in a workout. Whenever I see the word max, it's like right. This is a chance to see what's new. What's so in that first round, if I get ten, whatever mm. it is, and then I don't hold on to the ten, doesn't necessarily matter because I'm trying my very best to find my new max, is how I'm gonna approach this workout. I haven't read the notes, is that what it is the idea, Jamie? You know, it is the idea, yeah. It is the idea, okay. So, <laughs> so it helps you reframe your thinking. Exactly, like, okay. on a day like this, it makes it, because I say this at the board all the time, I have a belief that I can do X amount, and I need to get that out of my head, and on a day like this, it's a chance to go for broke and see what happens. Uh, so that's, I'm gonna, I have a wedding on Friday, so <laughs> I don't know if I'm actually gonna make Saturday. <laughs> uh, but I really wanna say, I really, I would love to get warm, get feeling really um, mobile and, and really take that on and see if, what my new benchmark is for unbroken pull-ups. Daddy. Yeah, um, and then the hollow hold, Jesus Christ, that's gonna absolutely kill me. Um, and then the same with the strict pull-ups, I have a belief in my head at the minute, in a minute I can do a certain amount. This is a day where I find out, is it actually the first minute you can do four to five mm. and then it drapes off dra uh, drapes off but if that happens that's fine i've set my new kind of max or where i'm at mm -hmm. so i'm Daily. really excited for that we, one. myself and james talked about this workout uh, on on the train diaries already re recorded it and what i was saying to james was like the pull-ups and the hollows are what jumps out at you about this workout mm. but actually i think it's going to end up being a rowing workout Oh no. <laughs> that's kind of counterintuitive. So you kind of have two workouts running side by side in this yeah. one. That's what I like. I love the look of this as well. Yeah. You get a lot of cardiovascular work done and then you get to work on your pull-ups alongside it. At the same it. time. Yeah, so I think it's cool. Yeah. It'll be a good one. Uh, James, have you got one that looks good to you? 
<laughs> good is a strong word. <laughs> I'm, I'm really motivated by this Friday. Oh, God, really? Yeah, uh, which... Oh, yeah, we've talked about this as well. Yeah, this week. which yeah. whenever you listen to Training Diaries might seem a little bit counterintuitive as well because I have such... Yeah, you listen to the... Po- Elaine's got a shock face here because yeah. of the note on it, but if you listen to the podcast, you'll understand. So the workout is... Can I say it? Are we keeping it a secret? Oh, no, go for Save. it. Save. Yeah. 17.5. So it's not the one we have benchmarked. It is from the same year of the Open. And it's 10 rounds for time of 9 thrusters and 35 double-unders. And I... I think I've actually only done this workout once, which is the year it came out, 2017. And it was a year when I was really fit, really competitive, and had lots going on, and I had a terrible experience in the 10th round of the workout. I had such a good workout. So I'm like itching to get back at it because there's there's a thing there, and it's like being... You know how I feel about it. it it's, it's sitting there. It's fucking sitting there, and I'm still like, err, gnawed up about it. So I really want to get after this and, and see if I can... Not even beat my score, but perform it better. Right. And do you have a, a sense of what that looks like? Unbroken what? double unders for 10 rounds. Oh, and wow. Un, and unbroken thrusters for 10 rounds. Oh, okay. Or at least not snagging nine times in the last round on the double unders would be <laughs> a good sign. That would be good, yeah. That would be good, wouldn't it? Big improvement. So that element is like lingering over me. I'm, I don't think I'm, like at this moment in time, fit enough to beat my old score. But if... I think I can give it a good go if I can stay composed and unbroken. Yeah, it's kind of weird just having an open workout thrown on a random Friday, isn't it's it? Like, it's better. almost like you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I am allowed to do that. Yeah. So I think it's it's interesting. You just have to come in and do it. Yeah. Um, what a fucking great workout. I can't wait to I can't wait to coach that on Friday morning as well. Did, I got asked uh, a couple of years ago on one of their earlier iterations of the podcast, uh, what's your favorite ever open workout? And it was this one. Yeah, this is the one I thought that was so beautifully programmed. Uh, so, yeah, what and what a prep for Fran. Oh, my God. It's perfect. So, can't wait to see it. Uh, for me, uh, as I look through the week, the one that's most appealing to me, and this is kind of where I'm at right now, things related to that, because normally this one on paper doesn't look all that interesting. It will be next Tuesday. Um, so, it's very much a cardio workout. Let me just pull it up here. Um, it's called heart and lungs and we have five rounds in each of them are for time so it's like little five little mini time trials it's a 200 ski 30 double unders 200 row 30 double unders and we go every eight minutes so we got lots of rest i like the sound of that first of all um <laughs> <laughs> is that what's motivating you the rest here well what motivates me is that i know that those distances are are quite manageable even though they're going to be quite painful but i know i can still go in and hit them with a certain amount of intensity. I can hit the double unders. So I'll like use your set, getting the conditioning back is the hard bit. So this is a very simple way for me. I know I can do everything with the right amount of intensity. There's nothing that looks a bit gnarly in it, but yet I know it's gonna hurt, it's gonna fucking flatten me. But I look at that, I go, yeah, that's that's bang on for what I need right now. And I like the look, I don't think it's gonna be terrible. It's not 20 minutes of grind where, you know, eight minutes in, I'm wondering what the hell I'm gonna do. <laughs> So that's next Tuesday. It's a nice low skill one as well. Where obviously the double unders are, are a certain level of skill, but if you can, Elaine just rolled right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like if you can do double unders, it's just a like 
how fast can you yeah, go as opposed to just go and do it let's go practice our kipping and cleans and snatches and all that jazz absolutely okay that's programming so let's talk about um events let's get into some events so um we just did a very short hike at the weekend i went on it first hike i went on in ages and it was like a 25 minute walk up Brayhead. you had the boots and everything on you didn't you i had I the boots that. on and everything and thank god because it was like it was wet and mucky and all that and it was slippy but it was such a nice morning so we went we met at like 6 30 a.m up in the car park and then it was like a nice energetic 25 minute steep walk so by the top of it you're like i'm glad it's over <laughs> <laughs> But you go then we sat around, had a lovely chat at the top, waited for this amazing sunrise that we that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> we all pointed the finger at Claire, who had it timed perfectly, but she couldn't do anything with the clouds. The clouds were in the way. So but we had such a laugh. And then we just had a nice walk down, went and got a lovely early morning coffee in a nice coffee shop and great way to start the day. So on the next one I'll definitely be there. It was great. I ask about the aquarium. Did she just go or did she just take a picture? So of it? because of the aquarium saga that started on this podcast and then and then the news that was closing and Laura's devastation about it, um, we said it's five minutes in the other direction. We got to take a spin and get a photo for Laura, which she did not appreciate at all. <laughs> she was so sad. <laughs> she was like, what I thought you actually went in. But it was not open. Early. It was early on a Sunday morning. We even asked the guy to take a photo of us and he just said, no <laughs> yeah it was a it was a strange morning but um great to get the photo for laura she'll appreciate it someday for us promise um so yeah so we'll take keep your eye out for the next hike i think it's i'd highly recommend um where are we now with game day oh my god it's the eighth today so we've got is it it's not three weeks is it it'll be three weeks from monday three weeks this or weekend, from yeah. saturday yeah holy moly oh wow that's that's a reality check isn't it okay. better start training again <laughs> <laughs> yes but i can't wait for this one um i think great combination of tests on that day and then we've got our christmas parties i know all the managers have pretty much finalized the christmas party arrangements um but just not quite so we'll talk about what's well, next week maybe um internship applications are open still they're going to close next week We've gotten something like 14 applications already, wow. which is huge. It's great. Um, and then there's plenty of people I know t who are coming to me saying this person is is inquiring. This person's thinking about it. Um, so um, what's interesting so far is the range of people who've applied. We've had people from all sorts of backgrounds. And um, if, it, if it's something that you're interested in just finding out more about it, don't hesitate to ask. I know, James, you were talking earlier about, um, as I was saying this to you, there's been such a variety of people in doing the internship before. Yeah. So <coughs> you think about Donald, like Donald's run multiple businesses. Alison is a nurse. Angela was a physio, is a physio. And Miguel uh, is Miguel. <laughs> Miguel, a beautiful artist. Yeah, and, the artist. And he's been, Miguel has been everything. A yeah. mountaineer. He's been the works, yeah, everything the but designer. a coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then we had Amy and Stephen, who came from a coaching background as well. So, like, but like the people that I listed there that you started mentioning, the reason I use those people is because they became coaches here for a certain length of time. Like Miguel's still here, Amy's still here, Stephen's still here, uh, but 
it's the perception is often because I get this asked in class as well. It's like I've never done the the coaching. Like I, I don't do that in my job, and and that doesn't matter. Like we definitely want some people to apply who have been coaches before because that's always an interesting side of it. But it's not a prerequisite at all whatsoever. If you think that this could be something that you're interested in, it's so worthwhile doing. Yeah, yeah. I always think of that the conversations I've had with some of the people who've applied who who are surprising you're like oh amazing and it's almost like they're the most exciting ones because you just don't expect it mm. and you hear all sorts of reasons like um, like I just want to work in an environment where I'm more active where I want to be interacting with people where I want to be on my feet all day where I want to be problem solving like it's just so different than a laptop and zoom calls all day it's a different thing and they're like I've tried that I know what it's like but I want to change. I think back to the start of my coaching career. So I changed careers completely. I worked in marketing communications before I changed my whole life and became a coach and I had zero background. I did go and do a PT course, but then after that I was on my own. So this start would be amazing, like dipping the toe in, but then at the same time with a clear goal at the end. Um, so this sort of start with people at similar levels, at all different levels, learning from your peers. It's just, uh, yeah, go for it. If yeah. you like, couldn't encourage more people. Absolutely. I think one of the powers of the internship as well, and the way you've structured it this time is different to previous times, but I think it still holds true. It's like, <clears throat> it's a safe environment to go and try something new with zero pressure at the end of it. You're just learning and acquiring new skills. Yeah, that like competencies, yeah. 100% right if you never that. want to become a coach like maybe at the end of it you go actually this isn't for me but there's things that you'll pick up and things that you'll have overcome that you can just apply to any other aspect of your life yeah absolutely the, you know the the growth process people go through over the the duration of course is massive so if you're looking for something that you think needs to unstick within yourself i need to go and get something moving it could be the thing so uh yeah those applications still open go on the website um, you'll see it's in the menu and get your application in. Um, okay, so let's move on to, we talked about challenge. We said we've got these challenges coming up. Game day's three weeks away. In between now and then, we have, we know what's coming up. Fran is on the, on the, uh, on the list somewhere. And then 70.1 is also coming up. We've been training for it, so we're preparing physically for it. We're preparing mentally for it. Then there's the, the, moment where we see a program for tomorrow and we have to switch gears switch mode into from i'm going to get a specific improvement in training tomorrow to i want to take on a challenge in training tomorrow it's a different thing right so i'm wondering from you two personally uh what's the internal process what does it look like when you get that hard gear change what changes i guess is the thing. um there's probably a couple of things for me i definitely in these scenarios, my inner voice gets really dark with this sort of stuff. Um, and it reminds me of how bad it felt the last time, definitely. But I also think about, I, I end up thinking before I do it about the thoughts that I had the last time I did it, like oh. the feeling of how bad it was. Because right. most of these things I've done before. So there's that side of it. There's also, I always get uh, something that you've tried to coach out of me a little bit recently, which is something that definitely benefited me in these type of workouts for the challenge 
what I definitely actively try and do in these workouts is switch off the thinking about the movement side of it. Like I very deliberately go, if I need to perform, I go back to my rugby days, like I wasn't at the bottom of a ruck thinking about where I put my feet, where I put my hands before I pass the ball. It's like fucking pass the ball. And it's the same with something like Fran. I can do pull-ups and I can do thrusters. It's pick up the bar and put it above your head. And maybe it's not the perfect squat. Maybe my feet aren't in the right spot. Maybe my hands definitely aren't in the right spot. But it's like you just need to keep moving. That's how I need to approach it. Keep moving through it regardless of how perfect or imperfect it may feel. As opposed to other days where it's like, I right, get my hands set, get my feet set, and drive. Oh, I miss my heels a little bit, and I'm getting more internal. I try and remove all of that, and then I'm just left fighting the demons in my head throughout the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that internal focus is really good for training. Yeah. Because we're trying to make specific improvements, but on performance days, getting external in our in our attention. Yeah. Like all the research says, that that's where we're actually getting to our optimum performance state. So. It's a really good gear shift. So when you're doing that, is, do you have to do anything deliberate to get out of your head? With regards to thinking about my movement? No, I'm pretty good at just going. Just going. Fuck it, let's go. So you are so you just get your focus on keeping moving? Yeah. Okay, beautiful. And yeah. then it's fighting the negativity that comes in then. And my method around that is simply thinking about previous times that i have done these things and i have overcome it and i've survived because it's always that feeling of like i just can't do it I, i'm gonna die if i pick up this barbell now that's what it feels like often so i'm just like nothing bad ever comes of it you're always way more satisfied whenever you go a little bit faster a little bit earlier than you really want to so i'm i'm trying to like really aggressively coax myself into doing yeah, like coaxing, coaxing, yeah, coaxing, yeah, coax, yeah. coax, coax, coax the whole way. Elaine, so tell me that what? So you see it come up on Wattify, and you're like, right there it is. Now I know, now I know it's coming. Yeah. So what happens the, in, the, in your the head? The world goes very dark for me. <laughs> so right now that I don't know when it is, I'm excited. I know right, that okay. I am excited. I really am. I I'm looking forward to getting an Orex brand time, seeing where I'm at, um, and knowing that I'll. T- it's something I will definitely test again in the future. So that's standard, standardized test of, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna see what happens. I'm gonna try my very hardest of where I am right now. And I know I'm definitely gonna do it again in the future. So I am excited to take it on, but the actual, okay, I've now logged into Wattify, it's come up the night before, it's fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going to die tomorrow. Um, so for me, it's preparing for those dark thoughts when I'm in the wad. So so let's, let's put some more description on dark thoughts, because I think people need to connect with these. Everyone has their own reaction, right? In their yeah. own head. And it's very private. It's one of those things where you don't know what's going on in everyone's head. So when you say dark, what do you, like what do you, are you, yeah. fe- is it fear of failure? Is it it's fear, a fear of pain? It's fear of failure. It's a fear of actually maybe crying in front of somebody like in the gym the next day. What if my chin just stops going over that bar? What if no matter what I do, I actually physically can't do one more pull up after a certain point? Like, like a kip, like generally, yeah, I'll get around it and it'll turn into a single and I've never can't think of a time i failed a single mm-hmm. but i also can't think of a time where i'm really gonna attack the thrusters like really attack it to then set myself up for um the pull-ups as well so it is that it's that fear of what if it gets to a point where i physically cannot actually do another pull-up and i'm just looking at the bar yeah. and i've one left and i just have to stand there going oh and everyone's looking at me for and two minutes yeah <laughs> so so i'm wondering about that last that last thing you just snuck in there that everyone's looking at me for two yeah, minutes yeah, do, one, you, yeah. do you think do you think it's more about 
the, everyone's looking at me or is it the thing of I'll just be so disappointed I didn't do it it's it's definitely a myself thing because if I'm going back to Gwen um, that was one of the best days of my life in the gym and we all were so terrified going into it but everyone was there cheering you on and clapping and yes people were looking but they were supporting you and everyone PB'd that day and everyone did better than they mm. ever thought they'd do and part of that was it was a challenge we were set up for it we have been training we're there to support each other through it we're all going through the exact same thing and like no one cares what how you do no one knows your time no one knows your weight it's literally just supporting you till you get to the last mm. rep and then we move on to the next person <coughs> and cheer them on and cheer and the next person and the next person um so yeah like i'm not failing for anyone other than myself if i fail if it happens if something goes wrong it's all internal it's all me but yeah there is that oh people are looking at me and i'm standing here and i can't get a rep <laughs> yeah and i think that's probably more prevalent than mm. we are aware of because we try and promote this idea that we're all here to support each other because it's yeah. the truth i think on game day it's really felt yeah like nobody's asking what your score was no everyone's asking how did you get on yeah because everyone just wants to know are you happy with yourself mm. because it, it is that internal thing but i also think it doesn't stop the actual fear that people experience of what if i'm the last one out there what if i embarrass myself what if i'm terrible what if people think i'm actually fitter than i am you know, you know all of those yeah. irrational fears about everyone else comes in and fear is a can be quite a useful thing but sometimes it's the worst thing ever because it just holds us back from showing up or for putting our best effort forward or really representing ourselves how we want to so i think the trick here on these challenge days is trying to get into the mode that allows you to express yourself as best you can and i think that is getting the it's it's um performance focus is external when we're in the moment but in the prep for it we should be thinking about no one outside of me only me and what am i what would i be delighted with myself by the end of it what's the who do i want to be in the face of a challenge that's the identity thing more than it is about my score or whatever because even your score is really telling you who you are to yourself in the face of the challenge and i i know for me personally i want to make sure that I'm showing up how I'd like to show up mm. and then in the middle of it am I doing the things that I would expect of myself and if I'm not doing that that's my biggest disappointment but it doesn't mean that I don't have fears of embarrassing myself mm. you know going into it like what would you go in what if happens if that happens and that mm. and I have to answer those fears with something like a um a productive response about well what what's your expectations right can you realistically go and meet them today right if you do that that is the only thing that matters mm -hmm. because then then you come away saying i'm actually proud of myself because that's the key to these it's very different mode than a training day yeah. where it's i just want to go in and get better the pressure's right off on those yeah. days isn't it um so the pressure here is the thing that we have to deal with but life is full of pressures and that's what we're preparing for that's why we do it because we could just stay comfortable and just do the improvement thing forever and life will be easier but challenges come up all the time so we've got to be able to deal with them you said something there um <coughs> who do you want to be in the face of the challenge and whenever you ask elaine like what are the thoughts that come into her head my thoughts are rarely around oh what if i can't do this because i have 
a delusional sense that I can do most things physically, whether I can or can't. But th- the thoughts that are always in my, like the things that are going on in my head during a workout like Fran is the voices there questioning me. It's like, you're like, who do you think you are? It's that type of shit going on in my head all the so time. So you're goading yourself. And yeah. And then I'm like trying to prove to that voice. It's like, this is who I am. Like I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I'm having to always refer back to those moments not of achieving something but of pushing through something showing who i am okay nice deadly that's where my deep dark thoughts go yeah <laughs> question but who i am as a person yeah but, um, but i think i mean this is the human experience of going through a challenge like we have to um become aware of it so that we can start recognizing it and then using the levers in our f- to our advantage so what about fran then like so uh, you know it is a standardized test. It does exist in the world as a thing. If you go to Sao Paulo or Barcelona, it's going to be still Fran. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a thing. So, when when we go into that as a as a thing, have you got um, an expectation of yourself? Yeah, that I'm trying to really badly manage at the minute. Because I've done it maybe three or four times throughout my CrossFit career. And I've, I've got progressively better every time I've done it. And so now it's like, well, I haven't been doing an awful lot of pull-ups. My fitness isn't where I want it to be. Like, I can't remember the last time I did 21.59 on thrusters. Whereas when I've done it in the past, I very deliberately trained towards it. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like, a bit of unknown this time. There's unknown this time and trying to manage that. I'm probably not going to do it in sub fucking two minutes and 30 seconds. Like I, I have done before. Like I've got some good times in this and... I don't have the capacity to go to that horribly dark place at the minute. Right. Okay. So I'm managing that. So, Annalyn, you mentioned that you're going to go first Rx. Is yes. That so I've done it before. I've only done it once, but I didn't have Kevin pull-ups at the time and it was grand. So <laughs> I've been told that's not actually Fran that I did. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm very, very excited to see where it's at for myself personally, but for everyone in the gym, it's just been... The, the difference in pull-ups, I was on holidays for a week and I came back a week mm. later and I was like, oh my God, you guys are killing it. Like there's just progress being made every single day. People are getting stronger. and But yeah, for myself, I'm excited to take on the challenge as prescribed. If I get time-capped, I get time-capped. If I don't, I don't. Like it's a marker of where I'm at and then I know the next time I do it will be hopefully improvement. Yeah, and I think that's the key that we're going to have three versions of it. So there will be three friends on modify. So you're going to do one of the standardized versions. Mm-hmm. My advice would be to pick the one that you can, that the hardest one that you can do and give that a go. Um, then you have a standardized score. And then the next time you can decide to retest that one, or maybe there's a harder version that you're available and you can step up a level. So either way, there's a way for you to say, I'm going to lay down a marker now so that when it comes up again, I've got something to compare it with for myself. And I think that's the way to look at this. This is a chance to take on a challenge now so I can compare my future self with it at some point. Um, so I think the big thing is to not have regrets at the end of it. And one way to regret it is picking the one that's easier than, you know, the easy win. I think that's one way to regret it. The other way to do it is to come in and be overly focused on the result and then that let, let that affect your performance. And then you walk away going, I wasn't myself today. I didn't really fucking give myself so if you can come in and focus on taking on the challenge as best you can and leaving it all out there then i think you can probably walk away saying today was a good day and on to the next one 
on to the next time. What about 17.1? It's a different type of thing, isn't it? Because there's less obstacles to actually like starting getting into the workout. Yeah. <laughs> but it's in some ways it's a it's a bigger challenge yeah it's it? still an intimidating thing isn't it It like that ascending rep scheme of dumbbell snatches I, certainly for me on this one it's just a case of just a case that was very dismissive it's a case of continually convincing myself that I can do more than I want to whereas with Fran that's not necessarily always the case it's a bit more technical. The thrusters are a bit more technical than yeah. the dumbbell snatch and the pull-ups are way more technical than a burpee. Whereas on this, it's like, I can definitely always do a burpee and I can definitely always do a dumbbell snatch. It's how quick am I willing to go? How long am I willing to go unbroken and making those types of decisions over and over and over again? Uh, you know, at least you've gone through that burpee workout on Monday, which was hard on Monday. Yeah. But it's money in the bank now. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, now you've kind of broken the... the the seal is the, the seal on that feet. like okay now now i know what it feels like i've done them i can it was hard on the day but now at least my body's kind of more prepared for it what about you Elaine? what do you think about this one so for this one uh it's not i'll never fail a rep or in terms of it's just keep moving it's not the technical pull-up side of things where i'm actually afraid mm. of failure for this one it's keeping the sets at a respectable size if <laughs> i start allowing them to turn into like five and six snatches at a time that's where i start talking to myself really negatively so it's uh, keeping the sets big enough that i'm like have a goal of whether it's 10 plus whether it's higher than that to um yeah be proud like to, so as i don't allow those negative thoughts to come in because if i start putting it down after five reps it literally turns to you're an idiot you're an idiot what are you doing here why are you here what are you doing <laughs> um and with the burpee box jump just continue moving I, I never go fast uh, fast as smooth smooth as what's that saying you say slow as smooth smooth as fast so just staying as smooth as possible but yeah fast as smooth uh, don't stop that's it's don't stop don't stop at a silly place and I like to rest at the top of the box like when I'm stood on top of the box because who rests there so I just have to get straight back down <laughs> like if you rest lying on the floor no one really sees you but I'm like okay stop at the top of this box everyone sees you so you have to keep moving so that's yeah, bur a little burpee naps on the floor a little embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> i like to embarrass myself with movement um but this one yeah i'm excited i'm scared in a different way for this one yeah. um but it's gonna be deadly i think like we reflect on the whole month or sorry the whole quarter like we said let's program this big monster of a thing so that we get very fit we get very conditioned we come out of the quarter whether we do this workout or not we know we're going to be really fit and able to grind through longer work so i think that's already in the bag for us now it's a case of just going and doing the thing and seeing how well you can take on the challenge so um, rumor has it it's not too far away oh my lord okay so that's uh that's facing the challenge let's go on to some recommendations do you do you remember james yeah well i was telling you about it yesterday i was listening to a podcast called founders and the guy who runs it basically he's a lunatic he goes and researches people who have set up companies and he reads like three books and watches six documentaries and writes loads of notes and then he produces a podcast where he's just talking about the person and he's done everybody he's done like spielberg he's done disney picasso all these people but he did one recently this week on anna wintour who you didn't know who this was, Jamie. No idea. As soon as I told Elaine, she was like, oh, Anna Wintour is, 
chief editor of Vogue magazine and has been for like 38 years or something crazy. Did you know better before? Yeah, I knew maybe for the past two or three years. Right. I've watched a few documentaries on her. She's a rock star and she's in her 70s now. Elaine, how would you have known about her? Oh, I did a docu... I had to do a film review when I was in college on um, the September issue. It's their biggest issue of the year. Like, she wears glasses all the time and she's got her head... Like, she's just Ultra Vogue. Oh, Ultra she's so glamour. cool. Yeah, she's so cool. And there's a movie and a book about her. I was yeah. telling you yesterday, The, Devil's Wear Prada, oh, the yeah. Devil Wears Prada is a book that was written by one of her interns who hated her. Oh, wow. And that's what the book is about and the movie. But the podcast, your man breaks it down and he's a giant fan. And one of the interesting things about her is she has this entrepreneurial mindset where she goes in and she shakes shit up wherever she's at. But she's an employee of Vogue. But he was distilling all this down and he's like, Anna Wintour is bigger than Vogue, which is a wild thing to say because they are the fashion brand. Anyone who's anyone wants to be put in Vogue, but they're like, it's not really Vogue, it's approval from Anna. And people like go to her for questions and should I do this or should I do that? Like investors go, I'm gonna put some money into the fashion world. I'm gonna ask Anna, who should I go into? Jamie's just Googled her. <laughs> I see the glasses, yeah. yeah. She's next level. But one of the things that he pointed out in the podcast, which I didn't know about her, was she cuts all her meetings to two minutes. It's really one minute and the second minute is a courtesy that you might or might not get. So we talk a lot here about communication and being clear, concise and interesting. So people don't go into her with like, here's a photo shoot idea. What do you think? It's, I'm going to do this photo shoot and she goes, yeah or nay. Like full Roman Emperor Colosseum style, <laughs> like the thumb is up or down. And then they're in and out in an instant. I was like, oh, it's cool. So her decision-making, she just trusts her instincts all the time. She'll look at something and there's no real like, hmm, let me sit with it. Come back tomorrow. It's yes or no. Just whatever comes out. I was like, that is wow. a woman who is so self-aware and self-assured and just so knowledgeable that she can just go, yeah or nay. Yeah, she, she knows her business, so, that's for yeah, sure. I'm a big fan, if you can't tell. <laughs> So, give me the name of the podcast. Podcast is called Founders. Founders. Yeah. Um, and Anna Wintour is her Anna name. Anna Wintour. Okay. I think it's the most recent one. So, Daily. Sounds amazing. I'm going to check that out. Elaine, have you got any recommendations? I'm really embarrassed with my <laughs> recommendation. So, I just don't have chill out time. I really don't. I just seem to be working all the time. But I chose to chill out this weekend. And I watched one thing. And it was the Wagata Christie story. So, Colleen Rooney versus... Um, what's is that what it's called? That's what it's called. Jamie, I think you actually... Oh, my God. <laughs> Wags. Because Colleen Rooney went full... What's your mom's name? Agatha Christie. No, what's her name? No, no, but what's the Chris... The, the Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie. Yeah, sorry, I'm not... Yeah, I know, embarrassing. Uh, she went full Agatha Christie to investigate Rebecca Vardy to figure out that Rebecca Vardy was leaking. Jamie, are you ready for this? private information from her private Instagram account. Um, Who would do I'm astonished. such a thing? I don't but know. Actually, it's all over the papers. Yeah, she went full like investigator mode. And so I know who this Rooney lady is. I right. don't know the other one. Who is she, it? Rebecca Vardy, and she's a piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> she really she's is. She's also a footballer's wife. Yeah, she's a footballer's wife. Oh, is wife. she? Yeah. 
Like, oh. and she has her own money and she's famous, but she wasn't happy with how famous she was. And she was basically using Colleen Rooney to get. And, Colleen, and this story song. came from Colin, Colleen Rooney. Yes. And Weird. it went the whole way to the high so, court. Question they've, of source, no? They've gone to court for the whole thing. It was in, it, I think it was a four month trial. It cost millions upon millions of uh, pound. It was an absolute waste of money. Ultimately, like Rebecca Vardy was as guilty as sin. She had no way of, um, <laughs> like, and she. Don't tell everyone the end. This oh, well, like it's in the papers. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Re- <laughs> so, Rebe- so Colleen put up an Instagram post saying, I know who's been leaking stories about me. It was dot, dot, dot. Rebecca Vardy and then Rebecca Vardy sued her for a libel yeah, and she was that. guilty yeah, but like you can't do she that, did yeah. it <laughs> anyhow the end in like the last episode if is you this, want to skip is through this multiple episodes yeah it's a three parter and like a lot of it's seen setting and a lot of it you are going Colleen you're a bit of a silly 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 one like the stuff she put up with because a lot of the stories were about the scandal going on in her life like her husband cheating on her and oh, being right. caught in cars with women he didn't even know and drink driving and like just she's a bit silly but Rebecca Vardy is very she's a piece she's of a work piece of apparently work, so she is she's um yeah so if you'd like <laughs> to watch something just to empty your head and just go these people spent a lot of money to clear a name that was so here so give, give us the name of this thing again the Wagatha Christie story I can't remember <laughs> but the wa- it was called the Rag- Wagatha Christie scandal okay. yeah very funny it's on Disney um, but yeah, like your your jaws just dropping at some of the some of the silly silly things that Rebecca Vardy. I'm not gonna lie, there's some things that I get sucked into when I hear. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't be into that. And by the end of the description, I'd be like, yes, this is yeah, not this one isn't of them. One of, this is like uh, my therapist coasted me all over again. It's a Beckham so. thing, yeah. Oh, that was gonna be my other recommendation. I already recommended this. Oh, it's so good. It's really, really. I actually have one episode left, and I don't want to watch it because I don't want it to end. It's really, really. He was treated horrendously, horrendously. <laughs> Poor David. Poor David. Poor David. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one last time, the Wagatha Christie story, Jamie. <laughs> Look it up. Jamie's like moving swiftly on moving from this nonsense. On, so, um, I have actually quite a dark uh, recommendation this week. Yeah. So it's a podcast series I've been getting into. I was telling James about it recently, and it's it's an excellent series. It's been going for for like three years, so there's lots of episodes. I went right back to the start and just been listening to them one at a time. They're about twenty minutes long, so they're very easy to kind of pick up and put down. Um, but it's a history Irish history podcast called oh, The Troubles, yeah. and it's very it's about the recent troubles. It's very recent history, um, which you know. I don't know, we were all alive for a portion of when it was all still happening in full flow. So it's um, it's really relevant, I guess. You know, as you're listening back, you're like, I remember this, I remember that, I remember the news, I remember all the stuff. Um, but it's interesting to go, to go back to it now, like with a, you know, a couple of decades removed from it. And the person who's doing it, I think he does a really good job. Someone might disagree with me, but I think he does a good job of being very like no agenda mm. he's just telling the story of the the facts on the ground here's what happened and here's what this side would have said about it here's what that side would have said about it and it would have given all of the context all the time about and he does it in incident by incident there yeah. was the the birmingham bombing there was or, or he would cover a person and how they had an impact all the way through yeah. from the 60s to the 2000s whatever uh through the 90s so I would recommend it if you're into that sort of thing because it's just what was it called? 
the troubles podcast the troubles podcast. yeah very simple one thing i would i will say i was i did notice that my it was affecting my mood a bit you know when you're mm. you're talking about your your diet of what you listen to I did notice my mood, it was negatively affect my mood, my sleep a little bit. Wow. So I had to um, kind of manage when I listen to it and how often I listen to it because it's not very f- nice stuff, obviously. But it does it, it does help me reframe the whole current like situation political with the whole country yeah. and the whole political landscape and everything. So if you're into that, the Trolls podcast, it's, it's excellent. Shout outs. Jamie, I just want to say you should have finished your podcast and put on Mark at the Christie and that would have just <laughs> brought you right back down to earth. Yes. That's why I listen to what I listen or to. Or put me back up in the clouds, maybe. To, exactly. To just try empty my head. That, that's what it's used for. What do you call them? Bubblegum podcast? Bubblegum. Bubble yeah. Bubblegum. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It might be. That might be a sour one, though, is it? Ah, oh, that's great. It's <sighs> funny. You have a shout out for us, don't you? I do. I have a shout out. Um... Lisa Maguire she's been a member for eight months and like she was a cardio junkie before she started so she would have loved like uh, bike or ski and running and stuff like that and wanted to put on muscle and get stronger and would be for her age category it would be more difficult as we get older included uh us females it's harder to put on uh, muscle as we get older so that was a big goal for her and strength focus and she's just blossomed in the last few weeks so you know where you go through a period of the first few months you're figuring it out going what are these people doing like you can see her looking around the room going like why does she want me to get upside down and why are they asking me to do this that and the other but um so her mobility and strength has come on massively but in the last four weeks hannah said in the morning class half five tough time to train at she's become a big driver pushing people on um, and she, last week I had her for overhead squats and she was like Elaine I want to get this how do I get better and I said if you have a broomstick at home like we were on a PVC pipe she goes I've tried the broomstick it's not long enough so what should I do it was just amazing so she's really trying to get the overhead mobility to help her with her overhead squat um, she's doing handstands she's got her first full walk, wall walk in the last few weeks and just constantly it's these little little things but as she's gotten more confident she's now pushing everyone else in the room uh, along with her and it's just Class. yeah but yeah the, so she went to um after the overhead squat class she's like right i'm going to the um builder providers now what pipe am i gonna ask for because <laughs> 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 uh, we have the pvc pipes in uh dunlear so that's her next she's taking these things on one at a time um you know did rx plus on the burpee box jump overs last week just these little things are all accumulating and uh, but yeah she was quiet you wouldn't notice her at this in a class a couple of months ago and now she's cheering everyone on and helping people and yeah so big shout out to lisa can't wait to see what happens uh what, what comes next for you deadly amazing well done lisa okay overrated underrated here we go okay got a couple of doozies this week <laughs> <laughs> james you ready no okay overrated underrated performance reviews oh Overrated. Underrated. And I'm going to say underrated as well. So let's give some some context here. So most of us in our life, you know, if we have a job or anything, we'll have at some point, we'll have someone come and say, I'm going to review your performance. And we were talking before the podcast about like how valuable are they? Are they something that are really helpful? 
or another way to look at it is do you you might even find them helpful but you just hate them or else the opposite maybe you fucking love them you like the process you like what you get from them so overrated james yeah which is funny because whenever i started working here you weren't doing them and i really pushed for you to bring them back <laughs> so i'm surprised at what i said as well a little bit i'm not gonna lie i think my thinking behind it is i've been because you're doing reviews again now amongst the team and i've been thinking about i'm anticipating getting the invitation to do mine and i'm then thinking back on well what was the last one what did i need to work on what did i need to improve to build me towards this one and i couldn't remember so I was like, oh, like how impactful is this really as opposed to just getting day-to-day feedback? Because you watched some of my class the last day and Jose and Amy are in my class pretty consistently now so I can get very clear and relevant feedback on that element of it quickly. And then I think we're in a fortunate position as well where, or in here in Santry, where I'm in contact with you an awful lot and I'm in contact with Jose an awful lot. So if I'm doing things out of the behavioral norm or that are very good i'll get told about them immediately as well so i think that's where my my mindset has shifted on them a little bit where i'm just like i don't know if they sitting down thinking about my own performance reviewing that and then discussing that with you and jose as well is providing the same utility as it maybe once did because things have slightly changed yeah i know what you're saying so the the environment of constant feedback yeah you prefer to having the structured every six months sort of a thing i'd rather a little icky moment every day rather than one giant icky moment every six months because <laughs> <laughs> feedback that, like i i under, i fully appreciate how important feedback is and i do really want it but i hate getting it yeah like the in the moment all the time i'm like i don't know if i want to hear this but generally I do. Yeah. But I think, and I think that's a really honest response because, you know, it's kind of interesting when we interview people for jobs here, we talk about feedback. And one answer I can count on from every single person is, oh, I love feedback. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I'm really good with it. And I really look forward to it because sure, how else would I learn? But I think those people are not used to getting it because when we're actually getting it, it's really difficult, isn't it? It's really tough. Like, and you can train yourself to be better. You can train yourself to do it, like, to desensitize to it so that it's more utility, less personal, all that. We can get better at giving it. Obviously, getting it, you know, how it's received is really important, how it's given is really important. But it's still always hard. And that's, it should be. Like, that's what's the value of it, that it is hard. Yeah, for me, I think I heard Adam Grant or Simon Sinek, one of those people talking about it before, where it's like, the feedback is always on the thing not you unless someone says i have personal feedback for how you're being if they're like oh your class you did this but i think that would be better like that's a an in the moment thing it's not a change you're a bad person yeah it's decisions and perform uh, sorry yeah, decisions and behaviors and it's those sort of things that if you look at it you can if you step away from yourself from it you can say okay that's a thing yeah absolutely so elaine well, I had my performance review yesterday, so <laughs> I think they're very valuable. Uh, I do, I like feedback. I genuinely like feedback, and I like the, particularly, I've had them previously in corporate settings. If you're going into that meeting or your review and you're shocked by anything that's said to you or you're, like, 
if it's not a structured process it depends on on, on the process but I particularly enjoy the BUA um, review the format and everything is just a learning growing process how to get better where to focus on and it's very specific as to you're like this area is one thing this area is another thing but I just sets you up to like give you a bit of a shake where you might think you're one thing or you think you're achieving this in one area uh, but you're actually not so I like that aspect of it's like a it's not a shake up because if you're leaving that meeting or if you're leaving a review going god I didn't realize that I was really mm. poor at xyz then you're not it's not a true reflection on yeah and I, I think it's a it's a gaining of our perceptions of you yeah that's what I like about it because you have a good sense of yourself and then you gain someone else's perception mm. of you that over a six month period can shift away from where you think it is very gradually but all of a sudden they're not there they're over there yeah. for you and you're like oh you're over here with me and then you can ask yourself well what what's my part in that what's their part in that and what adjustments do I need to make I think that's what was the coolest part of it yeah um we've we've done so many different performance reviews we've tried different structures and the one we do right now is the best one we've ever done we've stuck with it for a few years now and it's pretty reliable yeah. like i think the process feels good it feels constructive it doesn't feel personal it feels like it's reviewing the right areas as well and the person come away saying okay i've got some things to action here that in six months time or in two months time or in two weeks time that I can hopefully make a change. And what we do see is, and I think what you said, James, right, we don't always remember what it was from six months ago, but something about the structured nature of it does help it sink in a bit more so people naturally shift away and they might not be able to say what it was a few months later, but we rarely see the same feedback. Yeah, the change has happened. The change has happened. That also, we do see that as well. Now we also see the patterns reemerge. Like we see that you get a score, you know, you might get lower scores in the area and that the next time around that area is still the lower scoring one. But we do sh see like trends going in different directions. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a really interesting process. I know doing them, I have done damage with my relationships by, by executing them poorly. I have probably taken people who I go in to say, this is going to be a really strong review because I'm delighted with the person and end up the person like, beaten to death they're like oh my god ha like how have i ended up gi like giving this person a bad review with the intention of a good review so i think the structure of it really matters i think the language we use during it really matters i think getting all parties on the right frame of mind for it so it's not straightforward i think there's a way that they can be really damaging and then there's this other way that it can be really constructive so it's the so i think they're as a as a whole really good things um, but then on the other side, I think how we do it is the key. Overrated, underrated, James Rankin. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Singing the right words to songs. I'm trying to think of the right way to answer this now. Elaine's putting me off. Singing the right words. I feel like no matter what I say here, it's not the answer I actually want to give. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I feel every week. I'm going to say underrated, but then I'll explain my answer in a second. I'm going to say overrated. Yeah, you're 100% right. Because, yeah, I think so underrated. 
So, person, look, this is going into my relationship with. You said overrated. You yeah. said you basically said you don't give a shit. <laughs> Sing whatever you like. I didn't realize how important this was to me <laughs> until Jill, my darling fiance. Fuck, she never sings the right words. And every time she does it, I'm just like, that's not the words. And even if I don't know the words, I'm like, I know that's not it. Therefore, for me, I'm like, if I don't know the words, I don't sing that bit. So I can like sing, 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 stop. Sing, sing, sing again. That's just what I do. It's what I've always done. I don't know why, but it's what I do. And it so badly puts me off and really annoys me when people sing the wrong words and you know the whole carefreeness of it all they're like oh it doesn't matter i'm just having fun i'm like no <laughs> get it right <laughs> the fun is singing the right words like go learn them sorry that was a bit of a rant wasn't it here i'll go next because i agree <laughs> with the with the with the underrated overrated side of it but i'm a little different here i don't care when other people don't get it right that doesn't bother me at all i never get irritated by it in fact it's one of my favorite thing when I hear someone singing a song with the wrong words. I actually think it's fucking hilarious. I'm like, that is brilliant. That person thinks they're singing that song, but they're just singing. They're just they're they're happy. But for me, I I find it hard to enjoy music without songs, without lyrics. I really like a good lyric, and then I really want to know what they're saying every word. And I really want to know that I can sing along word perfect to the thing. Like, I think it's so frustrating when I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that person's saying. I have to go look up the lyric yeah. and then be able to fit it in. How do they pronounce? They couldn't have said that in that qu very quick little, you know that? that That's the, the thing. So many, like, they put so much time and effort into not this word, that word, not this word, that word. And it's done then in a way that's so impressive. Just, yeah. Like, it's yeah, yeah. the fucking right it's words. A, it's amazing. So uh, that's the fun of a lot of songs for me is figuring out the words. But I'm different than James. I actually fucking love when people get it wrong. It's my favorite so thing. Funny. <laughs> it's so funny. I think it's just let people live their lives. <laughs> <laughs> just let people enjoy themselves and sing their songs. And like, it doesn't really affect you, James. Are you, you know? bad at getting the songs, like, the, the words wrong? The right. thing is, it's just, in, I don't know. Like, and then I will Google it because it does annoy me if I don't know the words and I want to sing along. So personally, I'll Google it and I'll find out the words. Like, um, Fred again, adore you. Like, I love that song. And I was like, I'm definitely not getting these words right. So I Googled it and I learned the words and I made sure I'm getting them right. But if someone else sings them wrong, like, I just laugh. It's not affecting. James, like, it's not affecting your life. It's okay. It is affecting life. It's not affecting your life. Your life. My, uh, what is it? My love has got no money. He's got his trombolives. Just leave it be, okay? <laughs> <laughs> James in a straw. I know I'm irrational about this, but I'm not irrational about a lot of things, so I'm going to keep it. <laughs> you keep it, James. Okay, I think we'll leave it at that for today. Thanks, Jamie. Bye.